today on CityCast Chicago. Chicago Public School students, teachers, and staff are back in the building today after winter break. But with new COVID-19 cases averaging almost 4,000 a day, not everybody happy about in-person learning. I've got Chicago Tribune education reporter Tracy Swartz to break it down. It's Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Last night, the Chicago Teachers Union hosted a virtual town hall to hear how their members feel about being back in the classroom. CTU has submitted a proposal last week about safety measures they wanted the district to take. Tracy, what was included in the proposal that CTU presented to CPS? CTU presented a proposal to CPS on Thursday. I believe there were seven tenants of their proposal. And they one, the number one was that they wanted um, students and staff members to uh, take a negative to get a negative test result um, within 48 hours of returning to buildings this week. They also wanted to bring back this uh, daily health screener. So before people could enter CPS buildings last school year, you had to fill out this um, this sort of like questionnaire before you entered the building. It was online and just asked you about symptoms and sort of kept COVID top of mind before you got into a building. The students and st- staff don't do that. What they have is parents are supposed to have you know, sort of like run through a checklist every day um, with their student before sending them to school, but they don't, it's not like a form that you have to fill out. And so, you know, CTU wanted to bring back that form. Then they talked about a metric, a, a number that would indicate what it would take for an individual school or the entire district to turn remote. Right now, there is, you didn't have to take a test to, well, you were encouraged to take a test, but there was no requirement for people to have a negative test and there isn't a clear benchmark for when remote learning would kick in. Right. So um, CPS encouraged students um, to get to, to test negative over winter break. Um, they also handed out 150,000 test kits um, to students in about 309, I think I counted, schools. Uh, they chose the schools based on communities that were hardest hit by uh, COVID and ones with like low vaccination rates. Um, so they said they gave out 150,000 test kits. Well, CPS has about 330,000 students. You know, CPS gave out these test kits to a fraction of their students. It's unclear at this point how many actually took the test, returned it, um, and, you know, separately, they encourage students to, on their own, get tested over the winter break. But as you know, you look around Chicago and there's long lines at testing sites. There's uh, a lack of testing kits that you can buy commercially. And some of those are expensive. I think they're, I, you know, I've seen them for like $10 a, a, a test. Um, as far as going remote, there is, as there's no public. I mean, I don't know if internally they have a benchmark, but they've not made one public as to what would turn yeah. an entire school um, or the district to, to go remote learning. They do require, they go sort of class by, classroom by classroom. And what it is, is if a positive case is detected in a classroom, um, they take uh, the contact tracers take a look at like the makeup of the class. And if there are kids in there who are fully vaccinated and asymptomatic, they're not required to quarantine. If they're unvaccinated or kids are only half vaccinated, um, 
you know, they are required to quarantine. Let's talk about the return of the test kits. One of the photos that's been circulating uh, was taken by your Tribune colleague, E.J. Sanwamgaz. You know, it's a FedEx box overflowing with these packages of test kits. Can you tell me what's the story behind that photo? With these test kits, as I mentioned before, they went to about 150,000 students and they had a, a deadline. So the students were supposed to get their nose swabbed, swab their own noses, December 28th, and their parents were supposed to drop the uh, return test kit into the mail at one of these FedEx drop boxes or at um, one of the libraries um, that was uh, hosting uh, th- these drop-offs um, on, on the same day. So test December 28th, drop it off in the mail December 28th. And um, our photographer, Jason, captured on the southwest side an overflowing drop box. Um, it was so packed to the brim that people were leaving their test kits on the sidewalk next to the Dropbox. You know, these photos started to circulate online. Um, There was at least one other box I'm aware of that had similar conditions. And um, CPS decided to extend the deadline for the drop-off. So instead of the drop-off being that Tuesday, they said they were going to extend it to to 5 p.m. Thursday. We're starting to see some of those test results come in now. But it's unclear for those who waited until Thursday at 5 p.m., to drop off their test kit, whether they're going to, you know, be able to get the results back before school resumes on Monday. We'll be right back. Has the union planned any sort of citywide action if these, you know, measures aren't uh, agreed upon. They haven't announced it. It's my understanding that they continue to talk about it. You know, um, talking with their members and and, and testing the waters and the temperature. Um, but they haven't announced any action is forthcoming. I think that these this especially this next week uh, is going to be pretty pivotal in in where this school system goes. Have you talked to any teachers directly, and, and what are their concerns? I think everyone's concerned about the Omicron variants and uh, what, you know, what havoc it could wreak. And um, the case numbers were high as the students went on winter break. Um, CPS recorded its highest case number that Saturday, um, which was the first day of winter vacation. So, um, you know, you see these numbers and they're definitely high. Now that kids uh, 5 to 11 are able to get vaccines, I think that has helped some parents uh, feel better about sending their kids uh, back to buildings. Um, But it also can make for a pretty chaotic teaching experience because some kids are required to quarantine um, if they haven't been fully vaccinated and some kids are allowed to come into buildings. Um, You know, there's been some uh, breakthrough infections. There was a classroom assistant who died in November uh, who was fully vaccinated. Um, He was 44. So I think that it's definitely top of mind and I and and teachers are looking for extra precautions and protections. If, do you feel like this communication has been clear to parents throughout the process? Because, you know, I, I've seen on Twitter some parents kind of confused on how to move forward. Like if they don't hear back, as you said, you know, what are they to do going in, into the in the class today? I wonder how many parents may have made the decision to just like keep their child at home 
regardless. I think there will be some parents, and there was a vocal, there has been a vocal Mm -hmm. group of parents um, since before school even started who wanted to, you know, have remote learning options for students who didn't feel comfortable returning. Now, the CPS does have what they call a virtual academy, and that's for students who have, you know, very specific medical conditions, and they've been allowed to learn remotely this school year. But there's not a remote learning option for all. And, you know, I know some parents have been have in the past, at least in, when school first started, keeping their kids at home, and some have wanted have talked about doing the same with uh, this month with return from winter break. What did CPS CEO Pedro Martinez say on Thursday uh, at the presser about the return to school? CEO Martinez and um, you know Dr. Arwady, who's the city health commissioner, um, and others within CPS and the health department here have constantly, you know, reiterated that kids belong in schools um, and that the mitigations that CPS has in place are good enough. The health department says that they, you know, investigate uh, cases and they've only found, I think it was around 40 cases of potential in-school transmission. So they have constantly said that, um, you know, the place where kids are getting COVID is not in the schools. It's at home. Um, It's in large groups with families. um, And that's why they were very much pushing for kids to get vaccinated before the holidays. So it will be interesting after two weeks where the city is experiencing a a major surge. um, You know, what is this going to look like uh, when we come back this month? If you're a parent who's been reading the news for the last week, you've just been seeing headlines like record-breaking, record-breaking, surge, new variant, 4,000 daily cases, more kids in the hospital. If you choose to keep your kids at home, I personally uh, wouldn't blame you. But as of right now, do you have a sense of how many parents are planning to keep kids at home this week? And if they do, are there options for students who just stay home because they're nervous? No. So um, it's interesting because there are parents who are pretty vocal about wanting to keep their their kids at home, um, especially, you know, during a surge. And um, there are also parents who really want their kids in school with 330,000 students, um, how many will be trying to keep their kids uh, at home. There is no option for you if you want to keep your kids home. If your classroom, if your class is happening and you're not there, you know, um, you're not supposed to be able to remote learn. Let's say if if these test results come back and someone in your class is tested positive, you know, if you're unvaccinated, you may be asked to, to stay home or if you if your sibling tests positive and then you're allowed to remote learn. But if you are fully vaccinated and asymptomatic and your class is happening, you're supposed to be there. Is there a number that either the union or the district is is looking for that that will really, you know, kind of send alarm bells off in the next couple of weeks? The union is looking for like a, a, a citywide metric where cases are increasing over seven days. And that would sort of indicate that the district would need to go remote. In terms of individual schools, they were looking at if like 20 percent um, is of of the school is quarantined. Um, so they so basically, if you test positive for COVID and you know you report that to the district, which is what you're supposed to do, um, you're supposed to isolate for ten days. And then um, what they do is they find like the close contacts 
Um, and those close contacts, if you're unvaccinated, you are supposed to quarantine for 10 days. Um, and if you're fully vaccinated and asymptomatic, you're not, you know, you're supposed to keep coming into class. With 330,000 plus students, thousands of staff members and teachers going back to school this week, uh, what are you watching for, Tracy? I'm watching to see um, first what do the test results look like from um, the break. Um, how many parents took advantage of the free test kits? What do the results look like? Um, how many parents are sending their kids back to school? Is CPS changing its quarantine isolation policy um, to you know reflect the CDC guidance? Are they ramping up the testing in schools? Um, I think there's a lot of unknowns as we head into the new year that I'll be watching out for. Tracy Swartz is an education reporter with Chicago Tribune. I appreciate you making time for us at CityCast Chicago this morning. Thanks for having me. You heard Tracy talk about Chicago Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwitty. We're going to be talking to the doc later this week, so look out for that. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. New year, same me for the most part, but it does mean new laws in Illinois. Over 300 went into effect across the state over the weekend, including a minimum wage hike to $12, new FOIA card regulations, and students now get mental health days as well. For more laws, check our show notes. The snow finally made it to town, which means it's not only dib season, but time to break out the shovels and salt. Our daily newsletter has a quick checklist of some little things you need to do to be a good neighbor this winter, including a couple snow removal services. And some good news to get you through. The Bulls are back home tonight, baby, against the Magic. Now, if you haven't been watching, we are number one in the East again. The team is slowly getting healthy after pretty much everyone was in COVID protocols. And my boy DeMar DeRozan been balling. He ended and started the year with back-to-back buzzer beaters. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Hey, man, check out for y'all cars because if the snow is too high, funds is coming out.